All right, Ms. Miller, we'll hear from you first. Good afternoon, um, Your Honors. May it please the court. My name is Maria Miller, and I'm here today on behalf of Mr. Abdi Rizak Ahmed. The overarching question that I would like to address today um, in my argument is whether or not the Board of Immigration Appeals applied its own standard of review correctly in Mr. Ahmed's case. Um, due to the decision recently issued in Rendon Bean Bar, um, I acknowledge that this court has no authority over the controlled substance issue um, that was previously presented and briefed. Um, and so would focus on the standard of review question today instead, if that's okay with your honors. Um, after extensive factual findings regarding Mr. Ahmed's personal circumstances and fear of future persecution, if returned to Somalia, the immigration court granted Mr. Ahmed's application for asylum. It is our position that in reviewing this decision, the board overreached its authority by failing to apply the clear air standard of review and impermissibly engaged in its own fact-finding. Mr. Ahmed believes that in so doing, the board improperly supplanted the IJ's factual findings with its own. We believe that these errors broadly undermine this court's precedent in Waldron v. Holder and, more importantly, undermine the integrity of the board's adjudication of removal, of removal orders in general. Governing regulations require that the board review the immigration judge's factual findings for clear error, and they prohibit the board from engaging in its own fact-finding. The clear error standard applies to all factual findings of the immigration judge, whether they be implicit or explicit. Two alternative views of the evidence does not result in clear error, and the board may not overturn a factual finding by the immigration judge simply because it may have weighed the evidence differently or the facts differently than the immigration judge. Additionally, when the immigration judge's fact-finding is plausible, the clear error standard prohibits the board from disregarding those facts or the evidence supporting those facts. In short, the board's function is to review the record and not create its own record. In the alternative, um, if this court does not agree that the board engaged in impermissible fact-finding... Well, before you go to your alternative, uh, which particular finding I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah, there is some uh, background noise. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Could you specify which particular finding of the immigration court you think the board overturned without following its standard of review? Are you referring to the relocation issue or some other issue? Well, Your Honor, I think, frankly, all of the issues, um, the board uses their own facts. So, for example, the board found that the evidence provided by Mr. Ahmed was insufficient to demonstrate that the Somali government condones the actions of al-Shabaab or is helpless to protect its victims. Um, that can be found um, in their decision in the record at page 241. In making that decision, the board stated that the Somali government has undertaken significant efforts to combat al-Shabaab. The... In that area, the board acknowledges the evidence that the, the judge provided, um, but they don't say that these facts are clear. They don't. They never explicitly state that the facts relied upon by the immigration judge are clearly erroneous. Instead, after stating the facts that the immigration judge used, the board provides their own facts um, and then reaches a different conclusion. They've 
established precedent clearly states that the government, that whether or not the government is unable or unwilling to control a private actor is a factual question, and that the board should review all factual questions for clear error review. Um, Counsel, on that on that exact point, um, the um, the Board of Immigration Appeals talks about um, uh, that the evidence is insufficient. So. The evidence, however, is insufficient to demonstrate, and then uses that language again. Now, it's it's imprecise wording, but isn't that sort of the same thing as clear error, that it's clearly erroneous if the evidence itself is insufficient? I don't think so, Your Honor. I, I think that the clear error review standard requires them to explicitly state what is and what is not erroneous. Um, they don't just say that here's the immigration judge's facts, um, and for these reasons, we're using different facts. They state the facts of the immigration judge and then provide their own facts. They can't provide their own facts. They can only provide the facts under which the judge is relying on to make their decision. And they have to explicitly state that if those facts are not good enough or they don't think the judge provided enough facts, that they, why they're finding that those are erroneous. And they never say that. They never say that throughout the decision. At the beginning of the decision, they do state the standard of review explicitly and clearly. But after that, they never again bring up whether or not any of the facts used by the immigration judge are clearly erroneous. It's not enough for them to just state one fact and then state another fact and say that they have a different view of the evidence. They must say why the judge's view of the evidence was wrong. Counsel, going back to Judge Carlton's question, could you be more specific on what fact finding uh, was engaged in with regard to uh, first of all, whether the Somali government would uh, protect Ahmed, and secondly, uh, whether he could safely relocate in Somalia. You mean like which facts exactly the board used versus the judge used? Yeah, what, what are you saying? That What facts did you say they came up with on their own? Well, um, so the, the Board of Immigration Appeals addresses this issue Um, regarding relocation at page 240 of the record. In their decision, the Board of Immigration Appeals says that Al-Shabaab controls less than 20% of the country. Um, they say that people have been able to move to areas not under Al-Shabaab's control and practice their religion freely. They state that despite the lack of family ties in the passage of time, respondent has not prevent, presented sufficient evidence to show it's unreasonable. Um, so instead of taking those facts um, instead of taking the facts that the immigration, or in, and then in, in, against that, the immigration, immigration judge states that Al-Shabaab has deep and broad reach in Somalia with extensive network of sympathizers, informants, spies, and other collaborators. Al-Shabaab has infiltrated government institutions, the police force, the national army, the airport, that Al-Shabaab has a sophisticated intelligence network that reaches throughout the country, both in, in Mogadishu and outside of Mogadishu. The board doesn't address any of those facts or say that any of those facts are clearly erroneous and therefore they're reaching a different conclusion based on those same facts. Instead, they make a broad sweeping statement that Al-Shabaab is only in 20% of the country and therefore Mr. Ahmed has not provided sufficient evidence. Say on that relocation issue, you submitted in your addendum this uh, board opinion from 2016 that talks about whether safely relocating is a factual determination. 
and then distinguishes that from the question whether it would be reasonable to expect the alien to undertake the relocation. And the opinion you submitted reserves judgment on whether that latter question is factual or legal or what the standard of review is on that. Uh, when we look at the immigration judge's opinion in this case, I see the immigration judge at the end of the relocation discussion saying the court finds it would not be reasonable to expect respondent to relocate. But I didn't see a finding that it would be unsafe to relocate. So I wonder whether you could address whether the immigration court really made a factual finding about relocation and whether this reasonable to expect question is indeed a factual finding or something else. Your Honor, I... You follow the question? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I will acknowledge that the immigration judge's decision isn't perfect in this case. Um, that I do think that there are some facts um, that are kind of difficult to discern where she's referring to. Um, but again, as I was going to say, my, for my what my second argument would have been is that even if this court, if the board had felt there wasn't enough facts um, or the, the judge hadn't provided enough facts to um, detail her decision or to uphold her decision, the proper remedy for that would have been for the board to remand the case back to the immigration judge. So if the board said, well, shoot, I don't think that, that she ever ruled on that, or I don't think there's enough there to make a decision, or for me to make a decision, so this needs to be set back down, that's yeah. what the board should have done. Is the board permitted, though, to say there was no finding, but we think there's insufficient evidence to support any other finding than relocation is possible, and therefore decline to go back and forth with the immigration judge? I don't believe so because the facts have to support the find the facts of the record of the initial proceeding made by the immigration judge have to be there to support the record. The factual record is created at the immigration judge level, not at the board level. So if those facts don't exist, I don't think that the board can merely say that there's insufficient evidence because the facts were never articulated. The immigration judge does say that she doesn't believe he can relocate. Um, And that we, she believes he would face future persecution in Somalia based on his imputed political opinion and religion. Regarding this issue, the other thing I would just note is the board opinion also really delves into whether or not he could face future persecution um, in Mogadishu as a result of his religion. It really doesn't speak to his imputed political opinion, um, which they really don't acknowledge at all. Otherwise, by saying that he's made this argument and the judge made this finding. Um, and so I think that that is also impermissible, that the, the board did not review the full determination by the judge because the board, the immigration judge relied on both factors when she found that relocation was impossible. Well, all three factors, really. She relied on his mental health, she relied on his religion, and she relied on his imputed political opinion. But in their decision, the board only references his religion. They don't reference any of the other factors that the board also relied on, I mean, that the immigration judge also relied upon. I'm not able to see the timer. Uh, you have three minutes, 26 seconds remaining. Okay, I would reserve my time for rebuttal then, Your Honor. Very well. Thank you for your argument. Mr. Hurley, we'll hear from you. 
May it please the court, James Hurley for the Attorney General. Uh, this petition should be denied because petitioner's challenge to the charge of removal is foreclosed by this court's decision in Rendon versus Barr, and the board did not legally err by denying his applications for asylum and withholding of removal. Um, my first point is I just I want to reiterate that uh, Mr. Ahmed is removable based on his uh, fifth degree possession of a controlled substance conviction in Minnesota. Um, but so I just I want to uh, reiterate that point. And the second point is uh, the uh, aid, the board didn't err in denying his uh, applications for asylum and withholding. Um, so the first issue about uh, the social group that he he raised or that the immigration judge found based on individuals with mental health issues, specifically post-traumatic stress dis disorder. Um, that was the first point of error that the, the board found, and that's a legal error. Um, whether or not a group comprises a particular social group is a, 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 a legal issue. And the board found that uh, the immigration judge didn't um, engage in any kind of analysis and she just presumed that it qualified as a cognizable social group. But the, the board uh, correctly pointed out that she didn't go through the analysis to determine whether or not it was a cognizable social group and the board uh, showed that, that there was no evidence that there was any social distinction to that uh, proposed particular social group. Counsel, I've got a question uh, about our analysis on that question. Uh, because the IJ uh, made a legal determination, that the board rejected the IJ's legal determination. So on appeal, we're going to review that de novo. And I'm curious what your view is on, on what should this court rely in making that assessment on our de novo review? Well, just the, the case that I have is Miranda versus Session, which points out it is a de novo review. It's a question of law. And you have to look at the whether or not the factors that are enunciated in the board decisions, uh, matter of MEVG, whether or not there's a the common immutable characteristic, whether there's, there's particularity or social distinction. So you would you would look at those uh, issues and determine whether or not uh, there was enough evidence to 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 meet that legal threshold to constitute a particular social group. And in so this is case, it really a, so is it really a burden of proof issue for? If there's a if there's lack of substantial evidence, does that control? Correct. It's kind of a you have to look at the factual issues and the evidence that's presented, um, but the ultimate determination is a legal determination. So, um, what the board correctly did in this case, it looked at the evidence and it it, it looked at what the immigration judge found and and it found that um, she just presumed that it was a social group without doing any of the proper analysis. And the board took a look at the record evidence and pointed out that there was no evidence of a social distinction for the individuals with mental health issues in, in Somalia. So uh, the third and last uh, issue, uh, it deals with whether or not the, the ultimate question of whether or not uh, Ahmed prevented or presented sufficient evidence to establish a well-founded fear of persecution based on his Sufi religion or his imputed anti-Al-Shabaab political opinion. Uh, 
the board in this case found that that was a, a legal question. It's whether they they looked at what the immigration judge judge said, and they they asked whether or not there was enough the sufficient evidence in the record to uh, meet that that threshold, and they saw that as a question of, of law. So they just looked at the um, the record evidence, and they found that. It just didn't meet the, the legal definition of a, of a fear of uh, future persecution in this case. Um, they pointed to the fact that, you know, the, the record evidence from the um, United Nations showed that al-Shabaab only covered or only controlled 20 percent of uh, Somalia and um, that the, the, again, the country reports and the UN uh, reports showed that the Somali government was taking um, steps to combat um, al-Shabaab, so there was no, it didn't, it didn't show that there was, a, they were unwilling or unable to uh, protect Mr. Ahmad. So, um, you want to address Waldron and whether the board impermissibly made its own findings here rather than uh, reviewing for clear error? Well, again, when the in the board's decision, they at the outset they set forth the correct um, clear yeah. errors. They did that in Waldron too, though, and the court still said that what they actually did in their analysis conflicted with it. So I think we have to go beyond that. Go it's, ahead. Well, it, I would just argue that the board just looked at you know there was a ton of evidence and it assessed. It's all background evidence as well, too, because uh, Mr. Ahmed, you know, has, hasn't been in Somalia for, um, you know, over 25 years, I guess. So it's all the all the the immigration judge has based her her finding that he he uh, he qualified for asylum and withholding based on the fact or asylum based on the fact of this um, the country reports. So it's not like the the board took his evidence and 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 you know. Uh, Reevaluated what he said, but the board just looked at the, you know, the the country reports and the objective evidence in the record and said that it didn't meet this, um, it didn't meet this legal standard of of a well-founded fear, based on a Sufi religion. So the board cited um, matter of HLH, um, which which posed it as a, a a legal question whether or not the evidence in the record met that a legal definition of. of a uh, fear of future persecution. One more question on asylum. What about the fact that the board said alternatively that it would deny asylum in its discretion? I noted that. that I, I, I was aware that um, we didn't argue in our brief um, whether or not the uh, you know there was enough going on in this case without um, addressing that. So I didn't. I believe there was enough going on without addressing it. I mean, it's a separate ground by the board that one would think is, uh, I'm not, is it reviewable by the court? Uh, we didn't uh, brief that issue. And I, th I think we was, we were defending, uh, just the, the legal issue. And I, I didn't, um, I didn't address whether or not the, uh, just the discretionary determination. I mean, that did play a role in this case. Um, and, you know, that's why his um, cancellation application that's, that went into the denial of that as a matter of discretion. But again, the immigration judge uh, determined that as a matter of discretion, it, 
Yeah, he, he qualified for asylum. So uh, we didn't brief that. So I don't want to, I can't really speak to it right now, but um, I, I could follow up with that question. I, I didn't, when I said that there was enough going on, I just wanted to focus on the, the legal uh, issue here, whether or not the, the board was justified in saying he didn't meet his, his legal burden uh, to show a well-founded fear of future persecution. So. Well, but if the board was wrong on that and independently said it would decline to grant asylum in the exercise of discretion, you're saying the attorney general doesn't want to defend the latter? And you I, want it to be remanded if we think there was legal error because you don't want to defend the discretionary judgment? I, I'd like to reserve argument on that. We didn't argue that in our brief, and I, and I just I can't really speak right now off the, off the cuff on that. I, I could provide um, some additional uh, information on that, but I, on the whole, we, we haven't, I haven't denied, I mean, I haven't defended board decisions that deny asylum on the basis of, of discretion. So I, we didn't brief that, so I, I don't want to speak to it. I can provide uh, further briefing on that. But, um, you know, uh, in this case, again, we were focused mainly on, uh, on the removability issue and then whether or not he had established a uh, particular social group and then the whole question of, of whether or not he met the, the legal uh, threshold of uh, sufficient evidence to support um, the denial of asylum and withholding. So just to follow up on Judge Colleton's question with a question of my own, what do you want us to do with that? So when, when it, you know, do you want us to ignore that particular finding? Do you want us to presume the government would defend? I'm just trying to figure out what we do with it, um, mostly because the other side does make an argument, a short argument, but an argument nonetheless on the discretionary determination and why it was wrong. Um, again, I'd, I'd have to reserve judgment on that, and I'd have to uh, provide additional briefing. I can't really speak okay. to that. Again, I, I, in my experience, I haven't. In other cases, I haven't your, argued. Yeah, you said that. You mean the attorney general doesn't defend the board when it exercises its discretion on asylum? I would say right now we would defend that, but right now I can't. I don't have a, a case in front of me that that would establish it uh, to back up that point. But I would. Uh, well, I question whether it's even subject to judicial review. And that's and that's my initial. No, the attorney general doesn't know whether that's reviewable. Well, at at this moment, we didn't. Again, we didn't brief it, so well, I don't. Yeah. And, and I just don't know whether the court should be vacating a decision that's based on discretion that's not judicially reviewable just because the uh, attorney for the government didn't point that out but again I can I can provide additional briefing on that but um, you know we wanted to make sure that this we got this case right I mean there have been I think four board decisions and four uh, immigration judge decisions and and each time I think the board and the immigration judge have tried to get it to get it right so um, you know I didn't I didn't stress that in our brief but I think we just wanted to make sure we got the other points correct. Well, that sounds like you mean you don't want to you don't want a ruling on discretion. You want to waive that because you want a ruling on the other points to make sure they're correct. And if they're wrong, then you want to remand. Is that what you're saying? If if you find that we're wrong on the issues that we briefed, then it, it would have to go back for uh, for a remand to the board. 
but I, I don't I think we can win on on what we briefed in this case so you know we didn't uh, we didn't address that I can provide additional briefing for that and it also goes into the uh, question of the criminal alien bar uh, to review as well um, that kind of comes in I mentioned that in my brief too but um, you know what we've been talking about here and the argument have has focused on the legal um, question so uh, we wanted to stress that the board got that right uh, in this case so would you like me to provide some additional information or briefing on the uh, discretionary denial of asylum well that would be something that if the court wants further briefing the court will issue something in writing okay if there are no other questions um, for the reasons set forth in our brief uh, we'd ask that this court deny the petition for review all right thank you for your argument Ms. Miller we'll hear from you in rebuttal your honor regarding the question of discretion this court does have uh, statutory authority to review that issue um, the citation would be 8 U.S. C1252 section A to B. Um, in in many circumstances, your this court does not have the ability to um, review judicial decisions, but there is an explicit carve away in the statute for matters of asylum. Um, so this court does have that authority. Our brief. What about we, but what about in a case where the criminal alien bar applies? Are you sure that that carve-out still exists? Yes, because it, I believe that that would still exist. It's a question of, um, yes, I believe that you can still review it. Our My brief focuses more on the discretionary component. I mean, I'm sorry, the again, the review of the evidence. I think that, again, the board in its discretionary analysis um, still applied clear error view wrong. Um, so they still have to go through a process by looking at the immigration's findings. And only based on those findings can it make it ult its ultimate decision of a discretionary finding. In their decision, in the immigration judge decision, she acknowledges the positive and the negative um, and then determines that despite criminal history, he merits asylum. Um, instead of the board weighing all of that, or weighing what the judge says as to be clearly erroneous. They simply state that he doesn't merit discretion due to his criminal history and misleading testimony. Again, it's not super clear. They don't state what standard of review they're using, um, but they, they do still have that duty to review the factual determinations made by the immigration judge for clear error, which consistently they do not throughout the decision. Um, Counsel, I wanted to ask you about that in light of what opposing counsel said. Opposing counsel made an argument that I think was a little bit like my first question, which is that it really became a legal issue and that the evidence was not substantial, uh, that it wasn't, that it was insufficient across the board on several points. Could you just address that? I want to hear your response to opposing counsel's argument that this really wasn't a clear air question at all. Sure. I mean, I can take that in regards to discretion. So let's say... I mean, the, the immigration judge made several findings. This, the record, like 
the government does say is extensive. There's over 400 pages of country condition report evidence submitted. Um, the judge makes extensive factual findings about the Mr. Ahmed's personal situation, his personal attributes, his religion, his um, the YouTube videos that he has online, his family in the United States, his taxes, his work history, all of this. She talks about it extensively. The Board of Immigration Appeals doesn't go through any of that. They don't review, they don't appear to review any of that. They just make this very broad, they'll say one sentence and say, based on this single sentence, we believe that the judge is fine. We believe that the there has been insufficient evidence produced. It's not enough under clear error review for them to just make, say, one sentence and then say that there's insufficient evidence. That's not what the clear error standard says. The clear error standard says that they have to consider everything that the judge considered and they have to say why it was clearly erroneous. I believe that that's my time. Very well. Thank you for your argument. Thank you to both counsel. The case is submitted and the court will file an opinion in due course. Counsel are uh, excused. You may stay on if you wish to.